VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay. Hmm. I'll be ready to go with the podcast. Yeah. This is Wednesday's podcast, in case you're a little bit befuddled and you're not certain where you're up to. It's Wednesday, March the... 20, I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. The 29th. Okay, the message has come through from the other side. You sound like you're kind of dating some kind of a time capsule. Maybe we've been dispatched into space and you're recording it as the log. No, I'm just getting messages. Since Mystic Meg passed away, I'd like to think I've occupied that space. Please don't, because you've been wrong about every <laughs> no. single thing you've predicted. Here's my prediction for Eurovision. So oh, actually, no, give us a prediction for Eurovision. Well, I think, I think the UK might win. I don't. Right, there we are. Well, let's see who's right. Mystic Meg or... Naughty Fiona, uh, when it all rolls round on... It's May the 13th, isn't it? I'm so lost on May because it's got some huge events in yeah. it, Jane. It is the week after the coronation, so it's the 13th because the coronation is the 6th. OK, yeah, so that's so. etched in your brain, isn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to have a one-woman street party for an entire week. Okay. So much to celebrate. There are three Bank Holiday Mondays, aren't there, in May? Yes. I. It's funny. It's like a hangover from childhood, but I cannot abide a bank holiday. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, can you remember that, you know, when we were growing up um, and everything was just shut? shut. <laughs> nobody understands that the youth of today do not ha know how lucky they are that they can just waltz out of the house on a Sunday and go to the shops. People don't appreciate it, do they? No, they don't. They and do if you lived not. in rural land, yes, what you did were in you do? rural land. Well, I mean, you just had a whole day. Uh, which you had to fill. I mean, you'd actually had done your homework by the Sunday night. Uh, and, I mean, sometimes, and you'll laugh at this, but on the Maybank holiday, there was, because uh, I think back in the day there was only one, uh, we we did have May Day celebrations, and I have danced around a maypole. Have you? Yes. yes. A yeah. maypole is a, an ancient uh, fertility symbol, isn't it? Well, I don't think that's what, what I realised when I was six. But no, yes, I'm not suggesting is. for one minute that you were... <laughs> heralding the start of some sort of rotting season. No. But, um, but that was very much um, the, that what the, what the maypole yeah. was about. So I suppose there was a village fate for that. But uh, but otherwise, even Scats was closed, Jane. Even what? Scats. What was Scats? Scats was a grain uh, manufacturer and dispenser. Mm. Uh, we used to go and get grain for the animals. I'm sounding like I grew up on a farm, but we just had quite a lot of pets. Right. And sometimes we used to go to Scats as our weekend treat. <laughs> <laughs> to get grain. Gosh, I mean, Anything to get really out is, of a village. It's a glimpse down, down memory lane. Well, I'm just trying to compete with... Uh, we had a Scouser incident today, didn't we? 
Well, only because Paul, Paul O'Grady has very sadly died. Yes. And no, so that, that, that does mean that um, uh, does give us a chance to revisit the ancient question, why are Scousers funnier than everybody else? Uh, and it's a hard one to answer. Um, but there have been some legends who've come from that part of the world, comic and otherwise, it has to be said. I wonder whether there might be a little memorial to him at Lime Street Station, because at the moment we've got Bessie Braddock, the legendary uh, Liverpool councillor, I'm going to say. I think Bessie was a formidable Labour politician back in the heyday of Liverpool City Council. Um, anyway, there's a very interesting statue of her as you get off the train at Lime Street, and also one of Mr K Dodd with his oh. tickling stick. OK. Yeah. So, do you remember... This Were you all... eyeing up the empty plinth? <laughs> <laughs> there isn't there isn't an empty plinth, but it will always be funny that Ken Dodd's tax case was heard in Liverpool <laughs> and he was unexpectedly ho ho found not guilty. <laughs> That's all I'm saying that questions were asked afterwards that perhaps they might have done better to move it to a different location. But there we go. Mm. I'm not casting aspersions on the jury or suggesting for one minute that Mr Dodd was in fact not not guilty. I'm just putting it out there. I don't say anything where HMRC is concerned. <laughs> no, Literally no. say nothing, Jane. Silence. Yeah. Yes, you're very wise. Um, can we just do a happy story about, yes, please. about cats? Um, it's from Heather, who describes herself as a dedicated Scottish listener. It's interesting. We get emails from all over the world. But Heather, I don't think we get that many from Scotland. So could you spread the word, please? Um, is there a, a, can you contact anybody in Scotland? You're Scottish, aren't you? Yes, yeah, no, we do have listeners in Scotland. They're just not emailing the show. Oh, well, come on. Do better. Yeah, and particularly Scotland. from the East Coast. I don't want to start a war with Scotland soon enough of those. Uh, but I always think, because uh, my mum's family are from the East Coast of Scotland, it, it, does, it never gets as much attention as the West Coast. And it's beautiful, Jane. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it just wants a bit more TLC. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, Heather was interested in the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago now with Stella O'Malley about how to communicate with teenagers. And she says, my 15-year-old is one of the generation of kids who've taken the brunt of the pandemic isolation, having spent the majority of her early years of high school alone in her bedroom rather than building friendships. Uh, we have had many episodes of tears and panic attacks and anger flare-ups and slamming doors. Um, Heather, you're, you're not alone. I mean, there are so many of us who've, who've been through these episodes and I, I do feel for you because it's not easy. I realised listening to Stella's story about her mum and the chocolate bar, this is the chocolate bar that Stella's mum simply threw at her and then shut the door. <laughs> this is when she was a teenager and just being obnoxious. Um, Heather says, I apply a very similar approach. In our household, the chocolate bar is replaced by our cat, Thea or Thea. I've learned the best way for my youngest to calm down and reconnect with us all after an outburst is simply to open the bedroom door and throw in the cat. Shortly afterwards, she will reappear downstairs holding the cat and interacting by telling us a story involving the cat. Um, yeah, the cats, you can just deploy a cat and they will diffuse these situations. They are brilliant at doing things like that. I completely agree. Yeah. Yep. I went into my student daughter's bedroom this morning and she was asleep on one pillow in her bed and asleep on the other was Dora with her head on the pillow. I mean, it is, it is, who does she think she is? By the way, it was 10.30 and there'd been no movement from either of them. Oh, it's just pathetic. How long do these Easter holidays go on for? Any idea? Seven or eight weeks if you're Quite a Quite a long time. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. And I would say as well, deploying kittens in a house of teenagers is a very 
welcome thing to do because yeah. you i don't think you can be anything other than your real self with animals and actually that's what paul o'grady for yes, me that's true did so brilliantly in his third age i suppose it was by the time he started doing all his dog programs mm. uh, he was actually really properly himself wasn't he because quite a lot of paul o'grady was paul o'grady being professional paul o'grady so you know the humor lily savage all of that he deployed to enormous effect and success mm. but in the dog programs he was a lovely man who genuinely loved animals and yeah. that's why it was such a pleasure to watch yeah but and he had a lot of animals at home yes well, yeah you know. and you can't you just can't be anything other than you when you're alone with your pets what would be the point you can't show off to a cat or a dog can no you? they just don't care especially cats uh, this one comes from Sasha, who says, uh, this is on the subject uh, that's still going strong, actually, about things that we'd like to see on television. Uh, and this has got Sasha thinking, uh, it's not a plot for a TV show, it's one for a film. It has practically written itself. In 2021, just before Christmas, the ladies from a gym just around the corner from me here in Perth, Australia, were out for their Christmas party when one of their husbands rang. Their syndicate had won the lottery, $80 million to be shared between all 55 of them ranging in ages from 18 to 84 they all walked away with 1.5 million dollars most of the women were over 50 and had a lot of stories to tell of how their lives have been pretty cruel to them errant husbands cancer diagnoses partners passing away domestic violence some had walked a really difficult path and come out the other side and were now rewarded with this windfall imagine 80 million dollars didn't just go to one person instead to 55 ordinary women everyone in the town knew someone who had won and the happiness radiating was just amazing i love this story so much i can see it being turned into a full monty type film i've even got the cast in mind just need to win the lottery to get it made uh, love the show you keep me company whilst i do the laundry cooking and shopping thank you well no thank you for listening sasha that's such a nice story isn't it and also i think that is the perfect amount of money to uh, win isn't that interesting i think that's a great so it was over a million it was 1.5 million yeah which back in the day i mean you know in the 70s and 80s that would change your life probably not in a good way but sadly but now now. <laughs> now unfortunately it might buy you a house on the outer reaches of london um, yes is about the only i mean it's a stupid example for me to pick but it would wouldn't it just about uh, or a small flat further in i mean this is ludicrous this is isn't it crazy yeah um but you're right it wouldn't forever change your life but it would make it significantly easier and you could have fun with your mates and also i just love that fact that you wouldn't be alone in winning the money. So yeah. you would have so many other people to share the experience with. Because mm. so many people who win those huge sums of money, it changes their life in such a miserable way because it puts such a huge gap between them and their family, yeah, the people beautiful. they've worked with, if they choose to stay working, their kids. You know, it does tend to end in some pretty horrible stuff. I wonder whether they should cap prize money oh i think they should and yeah. also you would just make so many more people happy you know when something comes up on euro millions and it's like 174 million and you just think well why not make 174 people happy yeah. this weekend as opposed to one person who can't possibly spend that in their lifetime no it's horrible isn't it not even you with your chili nuts What's the first thing you buy with a lottery win you haven't been listening because i've gone off chili nuts i'm into barbecue nuts I'm so sorry, Jane. And I just want to say to Marks and Spencer that barbecue nuts, they have this, like, amazing dust that, that encases the nut. 
and it doesn't really taste of barbecue. It just tastes of paradise. It really, really does. But they're not available in every branch of M&S. Right. What would you buy with your lottery win money? <laughs> I just want to make other people happy, so... I'd no, be serious. <laughs> what would you buy? Well, the thing is, when you, I mean, I'm a very fortunate individual. Also, to be fair to me, and I'm trying to be, not wildly materialistic. So I've always thought, you know, when I thought I reached peak contentment in terms of my, uh, you know, like I say, I am very lucky in my earning capacity when I realised if I wanted a book, I never had to wait for the paperback again. Yeah, that's a good Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if I see something, I think, oh, I'd lo- I'd really like to read that. Oh, it's only in hardback. I will now get it. And that, to me, I'm not really interested in any other... I don't really need any more money. Hmm. Interesting. But if you want to, give me a rise. If anyone is listening, (laughs) then obviously that's totally different. Okay. Next time we have a conversation about money. (laughs) Okay. uh, Paul Morgan Bentley was a guest... Was it on Monday now or Tuesday? Uh, We are still getting emails from people who've heard... Monday, thank you, Kate Lee. Yeah, they've caught up with that episode of Off Air and they just want to chip in with their own experience of of having a baby in hospital. Uh, Lindsay says, I've got three children, all simple, straightforward births with no trauma. After having my first daughter, I was taken onto a ward about an hour later and my husband was sent home. I've never felt more lonely in my whole life. I can totally relate to that. It was absolutely terrifying, she says. I was keen to breastfeed, but there was one midwife covering two wards. So I was told to keep trying. I also fell asleep at one point and was woken by the midwife shaking me, holding my daughter, who was crying, and asking me if I was ignoring her crying because I couldn't possibly not have heard her because the whole ward was now awake. I felt a complete failure. Thankfully, my next two births were wholly positive experiences and my husband was able to stay as long as we wanted. But I can still remember the feeling of sheer panic and being wheeled backwards along a corridor, watching my husband standing waving as he wasn't allowed any further. Oh, Lindsay, um, I feel for you. Anyway, she says, on a more positive note, I love the new theme tune. There we go. Thank you for that. That's very good. Thank God somebody does. Actually, not very many people have complained. No, nobody's complained about the new one. Now, Catherine, you sent us a really fantastically long email and we will return to it, uh, I'm sure, in future episodes of Off Air. But I just wanted to note uh, the fact that Silas Marner has already been dramatised by the BBC. Thank you for informing me of this. Uh, 1985 with Ben Kingsley. And Catherine says we watched it as part of our O-level English lit revision in 1987, the last year of O-levels. What year of the last year of O-levels? 1987. Right, yes. That's a thing, isn't it? Uh, I still call them O-levels and my kids just correct me all the time. But if you put, you shouldn't put them on your CV, should you? Because it dates you. Uh, Okay, I'll I'll note that. Because you'll be applying for a job soon. That's a horrible thing to say. (laughs) I I don't mean it. Oh, can I just mention Andrew, just going back to the subject of babies in hospital. Um, Andrew, thank you for your very thoughtful and, and lovely email about what you and your wife went through and Andrew's basically just saying that there wasn't anywhere for him to be he had to stand around sit around balancing on a tiny stool um, and then in the end he had to go home the hospital said he had to go home his wife was left to it and when she asked for help from the night staff she was told to pull herself together and so the next morning my wife was in tears when I came back and it dawned on me that I'd fallen into a trap of neglecting my family from day zero no you, Andrew you didn't neglect your family don't you, you can we'll give you a pass on that you had to go home um i absolutely get it um and we don't want to suggest that every um midwife or nurse in a maternity hospital is 
capable of being unpleasant, although it also should be acknowledged that sometimes they can be a little terse. I think that's okay to say, isn't it? I think it's really fair to say, and all, uh, you know, birth experiences are based on personal anecdotes, really. Yeah, totally, yeah. And I think in a room full of parents, uh, if you say, what experience did you have, Uh, I'd say probably eight out of ten people will say at some stage something a bit untoward, unforeseen or unpleasant came in their direction. I don't know anybody who's had a completely, utterly joyful, plain sailing experience. And I understand as a midwife, you know, you've got so much pressure and stress on you. You're not the most respected person in that kind of obstetrics and gynaecology procedure. It's a very complicated world. Yes, yeah. yeah, There are lots of levels going on there, aren't there? So I I fully understand it's a really difficult job to do. And also, you don't have to be uh, gloriously giving and benign because you are doing a job and you need to be professional about that. But, can you hear the enormous but? Yes, I had a couple of experiences that were chilling, actually, Jane. Did you? Oh, gosh, yeah. okay. Right. And I think when it's your first baby, you've got nothing to compare it to. You're quite vulnerable. And uh, I just remember being barked at quite a lot, not quite understanding. I, I felt something, I felt a couple of things were my fault. And actually, now I'm older and wiser, I think, no, I, they just weren't, actually. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I, really, I don't want to be uh, in any way offensive about the profession. No, neither but, do I. Because there are some like thoroughly said, decent people who work there. Yeah. But but I've also, I totally get what you mean. Right, our guest today, Mel Gedroyd, she was funny because the interview started, we were already having a conversation with her about weeing um, in the street. <laughs> which, How should we get I to don't that? know, but we're, uh, this didn't, never happened when I was on Newsnight. Oh, I haven't been on Newsnight. Well, oh, never mind. haven't you? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, that's great fun. Uh, you've got something on your jumper. I'm a bit Is distracted it? by it. You've, you've dribbled something down the front of it. Are you going somewhere tonight? Because you might have no. to wash it off. Can you see? You've got, look, you've got blobs. Could I be lactating? <laughs> Do you think just by having a conversation about birth? It's happened. All oh, my nipples. Sorry, uh, what were we talking about? Yeah, so... so Introduce within, the guest. Yeah, within within four minutes of being in the studio, uh, Mel had revealed that she thought that it was legitimate and in the highway code that if you need a wee, you're allowed to wee on the back left tyre of your car. Yeah. Mel Gedroich, um, she's quite a woman. Uh, she's a real pleasure to meet, actually. She's one of those people, if, if you see her on television or you hear her stuff, you think, oh, I bet she's nice. She's that rare thing. She is nice and she's she's positive and she's one of those people who makes the atmosphere in the room a little bit better and she seems to be lovely to everybody. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. She's got good energy. So she is the first female commentator for the British coverage of Eurovision, which is coming your way, of course, on May the 13th. Uh, but much more than that, much more importantly, uh, she's also the host of a new podcast on Tortoise, which is all about electric vehicles. It's called Mel's Electric Adventure, and she drives a different electric car every week. But as I've already mentioned, when we join the conversation, we're talking about weeing. Oh. Big question coming up, ladies and gentlemen. It's no laughing matter, Stand we say. by your radios, because yeah. somebody will know the definitive answer to this. We didn't. I need answers. Yeah. I'm okay. sure the police might be able to tell us, because I think it's a police law. Okay. Okay, well, that's an area we will go to, I promise you, between now and four o'clock. Did you just snort? <laughs> that was Mel, by the way, not either... <laughs> 
Glover or Garvey. <laughs> so we're a little bit more professional. Uh, now, um, you're a massive petrol head, it says here, Mel. <laughs> and I mean... You, well, well, and, well, you're not petrol, you're an electric head because you have launched a podcast on yeah. Tortoise about mm-hmm. the appeal of the electric vehicles. Yeah. It's called Mel's Electric Adventure. Mm-hmm. And we are going to shoehorn in uh, a little question about this before we get on to everything else. But first of all, we're going to enjoy an extract from the podcast. Thank you. Uh, which uh, it says here in the script is steered by the knowledge of journalist and electric car enthusiast Giles Rattel, whose patience Mel often tests. In the spirit of Caesar's last breath, can I nerd out for, for Please. one minute Go on. on regenerative braking? Please. Think about all the hills that petrol-powered cars have ever climbed, right? Right. All the energy used to Required. get those yep. big hunks of metal mm-hmm. up the hills mm-hmm. is lost forever. You never get it back. But with EVs, with regenerative braking, mm-hmm. you get a lot of it back, as you should, if you think about it, a tonne and a half, two tonnes of steel mm-hmm. and motors rolling downhill, you should be able to harness a lot of that energy instead of just wasting it all in hot brake pads and and, and the squeaking sound of... Do you see what I'm saying? You're still away, Carmen. Yes, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. It's this GCSE physics. I don't think I'm... And look, I'm... I'm, I'm no, I'm, gee, I'm, I'm being mean. Come on, Karen, I'm interested. I am. Yeah. I genuinely am. I so lo- it, you, you had me at hot brake pads. Before, it was white noise, I'm not going to lie. Oh but God. hot brake pads, okay, I'm so in. <laughs> yeah, are you really in, Mel? Because uh, I listened to an episode and I wasn't entirely sure whether you were in. Um, are you? Quite seriously, have you driven... EVs. I've never driven an, an EV. EV no. Have you driven one, V? I drove one of the really, really early ones. You know the one that basically looked like a little pram? Yes. The two-seater ones. <laughs> the sewing machine. It's one of the most terrifying things ever. I took it for a test drive around London and just thought, you must be blooming joking. Yeah. No, I'm not doing this, but I haven't driven one of the new fangle ones. I, no. to, to be honest, when I was asked to do this, I did slightly think, hmm. I'm heavily invested now, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, not literally. I'm not being sponsored by, I don't know, somebody to drive one round town, but they are really, really good and fun to okay, drive. Okay, in what sense are they good and fun? They're good in that you feel a bit smug and you feel... I feel smug anyway, to be honest. <laughs> They're only going to make you feel smugger, Jane. Okay. Oh, don't do that to the oh, world. Dear. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you do feel, you know, like you're doing, you're doing your bit. Mm. for the planet and I like that I do um, and what was the other thing you asked oh never mind there's another <laughs> bit where um, you're driving a Tesla or you were in the episode I listened to yeah and I didn't like re- it no I couldn't didn't really like believe it. that it's actually programmed you can program it to make a fart noise when you indicate I know now l- okay let's analyse that in the cold light of day in the studio it sounds awful doesn't it if you read that on the spec of the car, you'd be, well, I'm not going to buy that. Mm-hmm. When you're in the car and operating the indicator, it's hilarious. Jane, your face says it all. Well, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be it's consistently hilarious. It is. It is, Jane. I laughed till I was blue. It was really funny. And it kept me going. It still wouldn't make me buy the car, though. Yeah, because it was incredibly expensive. <sighs> I mean, they are all a bit on the pricey side. Some we tested in further episodes, which are down at the cheaper end of the scale. Yes. And actually, I love those the most. The big ones, like I drove a massive Audi. I felt like a bit of a twit. Mm. I could see people, you know, the the face that people pull when they think you're an idiot. The tongue goes into the lower yeah. 
the Belm. It's a very British reaction, isn't it? I yeah. saw a few of those. And that di- that was not pleasing. But that was the episode that I listened to and I was quite taken and I completely believed you, actually, Mel, when you said that when you'd finished doing your drive, uh, you got out of the car and felt you'd had a really different experience to the one that yes. you usually have driving a petrol car, yeah. which is a bit frazzled and fed up. Yeah. Although I do like my bangers. I, I've always made a point of buying bangers. They're very, very cheap. I've never spent more than £1,600, I don't think on a car I know that's still a lot of money but when you think that how much cars cost but now I'm a bit of a convert so much so that all being well there will be more episodes and we will be driving more EVs can't wait yeah I can probably wait a bit no Jane I can um, see the excitement in your face and in your voice let's move on to the continents (laughs) question I'll throw over to my colleague for this one so before we came on air we were just having a little chat and we got to talking about continents very quickly and that can often happen uh, in the studio Uh, so no let's not giggle about it because this is such a serious uh, point and we were just comparing the difficulties that that we often have when we're on a long car journey you get to the end of it and you think I'm actually going to make it into my house before I need to have a wee or into the service station or whatever and you revealed that you think what I think there's a law that says as a car owner you're allowed to wee against the back left wheel so can I just say that's a terribly sexist law if that's true because that's really aimed at men aiming at a wheel isn't it I disagree because you're hidden because you're curbside yes well unless there's somebody in the house of course (laughs) walking past or slightly walking past but let's let's not let's not delve into the detail (laughs) right away somebody will know and they can tell us you've got slight coverage haven't you if you're on the back left wheel unless of course somebody in the house opens their window slash curtains in which case you're not you're you're totally on display yes fee i'm now agreeing with you it is a bit sexist (laughs) Okay. Well, we yeah. also we also need somebody out there with to better say. knowledge of the highway code uh, who can tell us whether or not this is actually a thing. Does that mean, and I'm not asking you and I'm not asking Jane, I'm asking our listeners, does that mean uh, that you are allowed to pull onto a hard shoulder and have a wee on your back left wheel? Uh, maybe that's right. Oh, maybe you have to be pregnant. Is oh. it one of those? Is uh, it one of those things like you're allowed to pee in a, in a policeman's helmet? If you're pregnant. If you're pregnant. And you get free prescriptions and dental care. That's true. Yes, what, I might even have another one, you know, hearing about that, Mel. <laughs> okay, not. so look, we've put that um, out there. Let's not, let's not no, spend but, too uh, much time No, but we are interested it. in yes. hearing from no, listeners I am. who yeah. may have a view. 87222, or you can, might be better for email, let's be honest, might be better for off air, the podcast, at janeandfeeattimes.radio. Can we just go immediately to Eurovision? Because I'm pus- pulsated with excitement so about this event. And your role has been somewhat mired in mystery, um, but you are very definitely involved, yes. and you are commentating when Graham Norton is on stage yes. at the arena is yes. that is that correct yeah just talk about the dynamic so he's going to be on stage with hannah waddingham alicia dixon and yulia sanina who's amazing she's the lead singer in this big ukrainian band hard kiss graham will be with them they'll be doing the live on stage presentation when when graham's on stage i will be manning womaning the commentary box and that means you have the important role of being Irish and acerbic 
because that's what the and, British commentator does. And historically male. I'm the first woman exactly, I knew it. in that ruddy commentary box. Yeah. Mm. So somebody I can't believe it. just challenged us on that because uh, they wanted to mark Katie Boyle's importance in Eurovision. She was but on she stage. she wasn't a commentator, as Jane said. Yeah, she was on stage. So do you get nervous for things like that? There's something really nice about not having to get completely frocked up for an event. Do you know that thing? Not having to put the slap on, not putting the frock on. Listen, even in the commentary box, I'm going to make a bit of an effort. I'm not going to be in the tracky bums and uh, sliders. I will make an effort. I will be wearing some sort of an outfit. But that is relaxing in itself. Mm. It's dark. I've done commentary on the semi-finals before. I did it three years running. Oh, so you're an expert then. Listen, yeah. I wouldn't say the word expert, but it is really, really good fun. Mm. And the the vibe have you ever been i haven't ever been i always watch it it's it's extraordinary when you're actually there and you've been there for the build-up you're there you're backstage you're kind of weaveling around trying to get the gossip you go slightly undercover for a couple of days that's what i did try and chat to all the delegations the gossip is unbelievable the vibes are beyond it is so much fun. And how much has your tone changed uh, between the first time that you did it three years ago and the last time you did it? Because I think our attitude to Eurovision has been changed completely by Sam Ryder. I agree with you. And I think because we're hosting, yeah. you can't go in all snarky-snarky, no. and I won't. I'm going to be buzzing. I want to give information. I want to be pithy with a twinkle. Pithy with a twinkle. Pithy with a twinkle. I should have aimed for that earlier on in my career. Um, but I just went pithy and um, it all went pear-shaped. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 
can we talk about your... Have you ditched Sue Perkins? Have you managed to... Um, it's just because you're like Fee and I, only successful. <laughs> You two are ruddy legends. Oh, I'm not yeah, having no. any of that. Well, Thank no, you. move on. Ms, but but Ms. Garvey you do. Glover. You are still mates, aren't you? Which is really nice. Totes mates. Yeah. And we do sit and talk for about five minutes about right. Are we going to do some work together? And then we move on to more interesting things like gossip and laughing at old anecdotes from late lunch, which are about thirty years old. Yeah, I do wish you'd stayed doing late lunch yeah. for longer. So do I. Yeah. So do I now. With hindsight, mm. we thought we've done two years. Let's do something else. Not a lot came on for quite a while. No, but that was properly... It was a groundbreaking and brilliantly, in the nicest possible way, shambolic show where it, you sort yeah. of slightly took the out of television, yeah. didn't you? Which was good. And it felt... It was so funny. I mean, I think our first contract was for two weeks. Right. Because we were so unknown. I mean, yeah, we'd done Edinburgh Festival a few times and Fee, you'd been incredibly kind and had us on your... Uh, then show on. I've always bigged you up. You were you know so kind, but it was people like you that kept us blowing going for those years prior to actually earning any money. So thank you for that. Um, so it felt very much as if we'd been given the keys to. We were sort of kids, and we'd been given the keys to the studio, yeah. and we were all in it, kind of going, "Oh, I can't believe we got in." Mm. It was it, it was that kind of vibe, and I think I think TV was just different in those days. I mean, you would never give an unknown pairing double act, not two women, to not two women, no. five live hours a week on on Channel Four or any channel. I don't think. No, it was just different times. Genuinely, it was so. It was it was. It was brilliant. And did your partnership brilliant. with Sue protect you to a degree from all the, the slings and arrows of showbiz? All the time. It protected us against the not-so-nice guests. And there were few and far between, but mm. you would occasionally in that two years have somebody that came on and you were like, slightly. But you, we always had each other's back mm. and we could always laugh at the stuff that went wrong and we could always laugh at sort of... Um, some slightly overblown goings-on behind the scenes. Hmm. Would you still be able to walk into a commissioner's office and say, this is what I like, this is what I'm interested in, uh, this is what I'd like to make a TV series about, and actually last the meeting? And I ask this because this is what we've been talking about yeah. on our podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Tony Robinson uh, just <laughs> said, and what a lovely guy, this yeah. isn't a story against no, no. Tony Robinson, but he was saying, we asked him what he was doing next, and he said, well, I really like big machines, so I went to see a commissioning editor and I said, you know, I really enjoy looking at machinery. Can I do a whole series about really big machines? And the commissioning editor says, yeah, so Tony's Big Machines is coming your way on whichever <laughs> channel it is in six months' time. And I've Jade never, and I I've just never, thought, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't put myself in the same league as, as Tony Robinson at all. But I'm not sure that, um, I, I think there might be a bit of a gender thing going on there. I'm not sure how many women can walk into commissioning editors' offices and say, this is what I like. Yeah. You know, I've never, I've never had the chutzpah to do that. What would it be if you did this? It would involve. Um, it would probably involve musical theatre. Ooh. Uh, it might involve Lithuania in some way, and it might involve 
No, I'm just busking. I don't actually know. This is the thing. Like Tony Robinson, you've got to have some ruddy ideas yeah. in the back pocket. Mm. But what I never have ideas in the back pocket. The Lithuanian don't. thing would be because your cultural heritage lies. I just threw in that Lithuania. in. V. I just threw that in. I felt for the moment that I was in a commissioner's office and you were asking me for an idea. Oh God, I'm sorry. And yeah. I didn't have an idea. Now I'm trying to remember a company I saw you in, Stephen yes, Sondheim. Yeah. That was um, just that was a rather. How would you describe company? Because it's not a... It's a strange one, isn't it? it? Is it's, a, a, it's a bit of a curio of a musical, that one. It was one. on about four or five years ago, pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, yeah. exactly. Um, it's, a, it's a brilliant musical. Mm. It's great fun to do and be in. Um, I think people... He's so clever, isn't he, sometimes? He's almost too clever for his, for his own good, good sometimes. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's mm. very... It's, it's, it's clever, I think. Um, but it was great fun to be in. Is that the anecdote? That's the anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say That's that. pretty Listen, <laughs> did you not know before you booked me? I have no showbiz anecdotes. <laughs> I have no I'm, showbiz anecdotes. I'm always hoping. I'm no, always hoping. I've got none. Literally. Are you, uh, but are you saving them for no. uh, incredibly dynamic? <gasps> and the book will come. Yeah. Yeah. A mean book. When a I mean when book. I know I'm on the way out, there'll be an absolute. I'll just let rip, and all the stuff will just come like a sewage outfall. <laughs> Well, that's a title. That's certainly one to look forward to. <laughs> um, thinking about um, those, you know, those male-dominated panel shows, which yes. I, I don't watch them, to be honest, but I, God knows what it must be like to have appeared on them. That's sometimes did, horrendous. Did you, did you do a lot of them? I did a few back in the 90s. So sort of at the time of light lunch, Sue and I started to be asked to, to sort of appear on those kind of things. Mm. Look, I'm not going to diss the whole thing. You know, sometimes you'd have a great time. But occasionally... Um, it would be kind of bleak. I do remember coming home one time and just saying to, to my husband, I'm never, ever, ever, ever performing ever again. That's it. I'm not doing it ever again. What, do you remember what had happened to make you think these dark thoughts? I remember us having an inordinately great laugh during the rehearsal. And then as soon as the cameras were on, it was like open season. And I was just... Uh, 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 uh. Uh, 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 trying to just just yeah. trying to get in there and not having the confidence and I'm annoyed at myself because now now I'm 54 years old I literally wouldn't give you know two what's two ruddy what's and I would just go in with a big voice and just go blah, 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 listen to me but then when you're in your late 20s you're still a bit yeah. I think it's changed now though I think there are more women on panel shows there are more women hosting panel shows and I think the whole atmosphere and culture is a lot better than it was I would say yeah. most definitely I think it's the format as well though isn't it it's just that kind of uh, spin me round faster and faster hey look at me and yeah. and there's always going to be someone who's spinning at a slightly lower speed yeah. you know if you've got four people doing that because yeah. sometimes I watch what I lied to you and I think they've got a very good balance actually of, of boys and girls yeah, on I that programme now but you can't all be going at the same same kind of pace can you there's always one who you think oh that's a, that's a bit of a weak booking yes uh, and it's not of course it's not yeah but it's just that's the nature of conversation you yeah. can't all be shouting at once i think i do think though the older you get and the more sort of comfortable you feel in your own skin or maybe it's about just caring less in general I think it Probably might be is. caring less. I, I think. think it might be caring yeah. less. Yeah. So Eurovision is the week after the coronation. It certainly um, is. May the 13th. Yeah, we, we've been, we don't know which one we're more excited about. Well, uh, we do. You're yeah, more do. excited about the coronation and I'm more excited about wait. Eurovision. I can't wait. Do you have a commentary role there as well? I, I will. <laughs> 
wish. You could double up. I wish I did. I'm obsessed with royal events on TV. Oh, yeah. I take it very, 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 very seriously. Okay, so the bunting will be out. I watched the Queen's funeral for 11 days solid. I was literally in it, totally in it. So, yeah, a more joyful occasion, obviously, at the beginning of May. I can't wait. Yeah. All the pageantry. I think oh. it'd be quite funny, oh. and somebody will do this on TikTok, won't they, to lift some of your Eurovision commentary I'll and just it place over it over, over the procession <laughs> into the Abbey. I'd like to see that, actually. Well, that would be... That would be... give TikTokers ideas. I know you've got two daughters, and I think I've read somewhere that you feel you're constantly on the verge of being cancelled. I mean, every day is a school day in our house, let me tell you. it's um, I'm constantly being told how little... I know about but with, everything. But with aggression. With aggression. Well, um, we've just got a lot to learn, Mel. Yeah. And um, like I say, well, I'll go home for more further education this evening. <laughs> and I'm sure you will too. Absolutely. So that was Mel and her podcast is called... Mel's Electric... Av- I want to say Electric Avenue, but that's the Eddie Grant hit. It's Mel's Electric Adventure. Excellent. And it says down here, there's so much more to this much-loved polymath. I wrote that. You can tell we've moved to the Times, can't (laughs) you? (laughs) Much-loved polymath. It was a line in the end I felt unable to deliver in real life. But we've saved it for the podcast. It is true, actually. She's very very clever, but she wears that quite lightly, doesn't she? Yes, and some clever clogs don't, do they? No. They they come in burdened by their intellect. It's a right pain in the arse. So do give it a listen if you're interested in the world of electric vehicles. Uh, Do email us about anything you'd like to talk about. uh, Jane and Fee at times.radio And do you know what Jane was saying earlier, that it's really delightful actually, we were talking about birth to get so many emails uh, from dads as well yeah. uh, because uh, it's just nothing's ever going to change uh, if both mothers and fathers uh, aren't included in the conversation at the same time. That's the whole point. Well, I was thinking, you know, of course, of I, our chat started. I have never seen a birth. But a lot of men have, so they know a lot more about it than I do. What, because you had caesareans? Well, no, but just because I've never seen a birth. You know, I was there, but I didn't see anything. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. You can't and I haven't witness, been at yeah. the birth of any other children, so I've never actually witnessed it. So yeah. I, it must be a very, you know, an extraordinary experience. So profound. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think, darling, that's where we'll leave it. Don't say anything else. I just want no. <laughs> Don't say anything else. I've got too many good emails. No, because the listeners will be misty-eyed. <laughs> Stop it. All right, let's let you're right. I've realised that sometimes I I don't realise the profundity of something I've said. Good evening. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Well done for getting to the end of another episode of Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Henry Tribe. And don't forget, there is even more of us every afternoon on Times Radio. It's Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5. You can pop us on when you're pottering around the house or heading out in the car on the school run. Or running a bank. Thank you for joining us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Don't be so silly. Running a bank? I know, lady. A lady listener. I'm sorry.
As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 